What's up? What's up? What's up? Good morning, good evening, good night, good afternoon. Coming at you wherever you're listening from. Shout out to our Spotify listeners, Apple Podcasts, Audible, if you're listening in from Amazon Music, Samsung, Podchaser, GeoSavant, Deezer, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Thank you for listening in. And uh, YouTube, thanks for giving me a reason to get dressed today. <sighs> Coming live from my voice to your phone, your computer, your headphones, TV, car stereo, smartwatch, Bluetooth speaker, could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here right now. Take a moment to be present and recognize that it is now, right now. Whether you're working, running, exercising, cleaning, laying down, flying, driving, we're here, baby. I'm grateful to be alive. This is I Will Not Lose Podcast. Let's jump right in. All right. So, what can we learn from the massive failures this week? Well, What's trending in the news right now? You got Kyrie, you got Facebook revenue decline. Well, really all social media declining in revenue. So going to have to see what that means. Uh, Facebook just laid off 11,000 people at the time of recording this, maybe within the last week or so. So um, this is coming from the Associated Press, Barbara Ortre. Facebook parent Meta on Wednesday reported that its revenue declined for a second consecutive quarter, hurt by falling advertising sales as it faces competition from TikTok's wildly popular video app. The quarter week results raised fresh questions about whether Meta's plan to spend $10 billion, with a B, a year on the metaverse, a concept that doesn't quite exist yet and probably never will, is prudent while its main source of revenue is faltering from the Associated Press. You can go read the full article there, but this means they have to adapt and change. Um, Great, great challengers, great contenders, great champions. Uh, They don't stick with what works in the beginning. It's a constant growth, a constant change. So Meta, uh, formerly Facebook, we've seen them kind of innovate or buy a new... uh, buy an Instagram or steal a Snapchat when something else is popular. So I can't say we've seen them innovate a ton. Uh, Hopefully Metaverse was supposed to be that new thing that was different. But I mean, social media, if you think about MySpace and what existed before Facebook and Twitter, uh, those were two of the really big ones. And it's kind of still seems to be the wild, wild west a decade or uh, 15 years later. So what kind of thing do they have to adapt? So Facebook's main revenue is selling your data and pushing advertisement to you. Uh, you don't pay a subscription fee. You don't pay a membership fee to own your Facebook profile. There's nothing like that. So if you have to think the way that they make money is by you, when you accept all those terms, when you say, yes, you can share my location, you can share what I like, you can share what I post, the political views that I have, you're giving all that data to Facebook and they're allowed to sell it. So we'll kind of dig into that, whether or not that's great or whether or not that's that's uh, bad. But Facebook has got to find another revenue stream besides just the ads. So what is the the whole idea of spending $10 billion and, and the billions of dollars that have been spent in the metaverse. What is the metaverse? What is Zuck trying to do? So 
Essentially, if you've seen a Ready Player One, a metaverse is something that you completely immerse yourself in through a VR headset or something along the lines or a goggles or glasses that changes the world around you. And it would essentially be a, a world and you can just you can dress as an avatar. You could be a horse, a unicorn, whatever you want to do. Uh, that's kind of the social media. There's things like this that exist now. Um, I can't name any. I don't play any. I don't have a VR headset, but I have tried and uh, it's pretty cool. There's some potential there, but people have been playing simulation games for years on end just through a computer screen. If meta becomes a thing, not only would they control all that data and be able to advertise to you in the metaverse, you know, and this isn't a, oh, the metaverse is super scary. It's never going to happen. There's some really cool things in it. It can bring some people together if the, the vision is sought out. I just don't know if people will buy in in time. But all of the messaging, uh, you know, Facebook owns WhatsApp. It's a huge messaging platform in the world and it's encrypted. It's not like they're sitting there reading your messages, but they know who's messaging where from what device. Uh, it's definitely valuable data by them controlling all of that. There is no like I have a green bubble. You have a blue bubble. Everybody would have Facebook's color bubble, whatever it is. So. Being the only metaverse with no competitors, the only place that you can go for this sort of social media, it gives essentially Mark Zuckerberg the stranglehold on that entire tech world. So the messaging, the data, the ads, and this would solve a huge problem like him being able to. <clears throat> so the problem Zuck's running into now is if you have an Apple iPhone and Apple's best interest is your privacy and securing your data. They're going to have a button that says, stop this app from sending data. That's the worst fear for Facebook because now they can't sell that. So by being able to not be stopped by Google or Facebook or Apple, I'm sorry, not Facebook, Apple or any of the larger competitors, uh, it's a huge revenue stream. So it makes sense why he's dropping the tens of billions of dollars on trying to do it. Well, I, I don't want to say it makes sense. We're going to have to see in hindsight whether this man's vision is completely uh, just completely manic or, or what. But all right. So why is data so important to the equation? So you're starting to see as AI helps you, you've experienced this in things like YouTube, or I don't know if you've come across this video because it was recommended to you, but I'm creating content. It's categorizing that content. You're liking content. And then it puts two and two together and says, Hey, you might like, I will not lose podcasts hosted by Tony Ortiz. If you do like the similar type of videos and nobody else is using your account, you're going to see recommended videos that are things that you like. When you watch a video, the next video after that is going to go well. When you see ads that come up, they're going to be relevant to you. They're not going to be trying to sell you diapers if you have no kids, etc. So is it a terrible world to have the world customized to you? No, not really. Uh, if you're a TikTok user, you see the algorithms using your data on your For You page. Um, Reddit has the home page where you kind of customize it and say, this is the content that I want to see. Now, what's terrible about that is you, I don't necessarily like your For You page. Or if I go to my son's For You page, it's for him. It's not for me. 
I'd like to see an equation where uh, well, it would be pretty interesting to see if AI can take all of your data, all of your images and create a TV show or a movie that's completely to your interests that relates to you. Uh, we're seeing more and more in the form of like uh, Dali and Mid Journey, where you can input a command and AI comes back and says, hey, here's a uh, three monkeys dancing around a fire wearing birthday hats. And the AI knows what all those inputs are and draws it. Uh, just do a quick Google search. It's, it's not quite mainstream yet. I don't worry that my career as a graphic designer is over because AI took it, but it's curious to see where it's going and how all this data can be crunched by AI machines and stuff. So this begs the question, uh, when you're learning from failure, is it better to improve upon the failures of somebody else? You know, um, the goal of this podcast is not to lay out a whole bunch of failures so that somebody can avoid all of them. It's really just to train your mentality into thinking that, okay, there is a success in just about everything that we see. So you take a Facebook, which wasn't the first social media, improved upon like a MySpace. Uh, my younger listeners won't remember MySpace or they probably only heard of it, but don't remember it at its infancy stage. But you know, there's nothing that lets you customize your code and Facebook and different things that MySpace had. So it innovated on different areas of the social media. Um, if you remember, MySpace had like a top five. Um, I think they adopted favorites and in Instagram, but it's not like a public thing. I mean, that was a big deal. If you weren't in somebody's top five and you were in their top five, I mean, that was like the early version of blocking people. It was great. But um yeah, it, it it created the illusion that it was your space. You could create it, you could do it, but you don't own the data. And so it's curious to see as the internet evolves, are people going to be pushing towards having their own dot-coms um, as cookies go away? Are we going to see people focusing more on owning and creating their own data and creating value behind that? You know, that's that's definitely the goal. Um, should be the goal with your business or even with this podcast, I have plans to kind of capture the data and be able to monetize it in a different way. So what kind of innovations, what kind of failures and innovations do we see? So Twitter purchased by Elon Musk in this whole debacle this year, uh, they had the brilliant idea to charge $8 for a verification logo. So some might say this is a brilliant move by Elon Musk to monetize a platform whose revenue was declining and he's going to make his money back. Uh, let me tell you what happened. The trolls took over. So uh, I don't have, I'm not going to pull it up. Somebody had sent me, but people were buying the verification Elon Musk. and posting political things against his, uh, against his views, against his views and people without reading underneath saying that it was not Elon Musk. They just see the verification and the name. Uh, people were imitating sportscasters saying that coaches were fired, players were traded. Um, and as a place that's supposed to be quick information, it was, it was completely short-sighted. Completely short-sighted on Twitter's end. So a laugh, but we'll see what they end up doing. Not sure how they're going to innovate. Uh, one of the 
great things about Twitter as a platform was its character limit and forcing people to be concise and creative in the way that they posted and how they shortened links. Um, and it was its own way to communicate. Still great for news, still a very fast way to get video or text out there, but not sure what the future of it. I'm not a Twitter user. I have a handle, but I might have some stuff that posts to there, uh, but I don't actively post to Twitter or surf Twitter. Um, I'm not on Facebook. I am on Messenger, so people can still message me on Facebook, but I don't find a, a value in scrolling there at all. Uh, maybe once every four weeks, I'll scroll through TikTok. I think it's great to understand this stuff. And being that I do paid advertising, it's part of my career to be on top of social. But as a personal consumer of it, uh, I really just kind of put content out and don't don't take a few in. But that's just my opinion. There's still plenty of people who love Twitter and want to see it do something. Uh, Kanye's still in the news. You can go back and check. I did a deep dive on kind of his behavior, what it means for everyone what we can learn for it so you can go back and check out that episode it's called uh be impeccable with your words kanye you can check that out i'm not going to go a ton into it but on the topic of social media he did purchase parlor so i'm curious to see what happens i mean it's a massive undertaking don't know if he actually has a vision or if this is just another billionaire flex i mean it's it's amazing you see these billionaires they, you know, one gets a yacht, they all get a yacht. One gets a spaceship, this guy gets a bigger spaceship. So now I guess the new flex is buying social media platforms or creating their own. So I wouldn't be surprised if Amazon takes a stab at, at something just to own the market share in it. You know, uh, Amazon's involved in a lot of stuff that people don't even know, gaming, and they, they want to touch like every industry. I mean, the, the buyout for Twitch was insane insane and there's people who don't even know what twitch is twitch is a streaming platform similar to youtube but a lot of live video so it's not so much content that's put up it's live video and streamers have massive amounts of people following them and donating for them to continue to create content so it's insane but putting content out putting words out there, whether it be a tweet, whether it be a video, long form podcast. I mean, you you run the risk. People can take any little clip of something that I said. And if you don't break down the full speech, it's it's broken down. You know, people can clip just a little bit. So you have to understand the power of words. You have to realize what you're taking out there and what you're putting out there. And um it's tough. I think about it all the time when I'm going through my show notes and I think, what am I going to be speaking about? What What's going on? What can we learn this week? And continuing the experiment, you know, I hate to call this an experiment, but this really is a, let's see if we can be consistent. Let's see if we can keep spinning it and shape our mentality. And it's therapeutic for myself. It's a reminder. They say the teacher becomes the student. So as much as I keep promoting all this stuff, trust me, I'm sitting there on my own and I'm like, wow, you know, I cannot lose. How can I learn from this? So hopefully you guys all jump on that. And let me know how we go. So on the power of words, who else messed up this week? Uh, so Kyrie Irving, um, not going to go a ton into this, but it is what everybody's talking about. So 
we have to, you know, this is right along the lines of what we said with Kanye. So for those of you that don't know what happened, Kyrie Irving is under fire right now uh, on October 27th. And this is an excerpt from the New York Times. Um, on October 27th, Irving tweeted a link to Hebrew, Hebrew to Negroes, Wake Up Black America, a 2018 film driven by anti-Semitic tropes about Jewish people lying about their origins. Among its false and outlandish claims is the assertion that the Holocaust never happened. For a week after Irving posted the link to the film, he declined to apologize or say that he held no anti-Semitic beliefs, prompting the Nets on November 30th to suspend him indefinitely. He has since apologized, but the fallout continues. On November 4th, Nike condemned hate and anti-Semitism and suspended its relationship with Irving effective immediately. Irving, the seven-time NBA star, has been with the Nets since 2019. He won a championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016, but over the past few years, he has often been discussed more for his off-court views. In a 2018 interview with the New York Times, he suggested that the earth might be flat, and over the past year, he had refused to be vaccinated against the coronavirus. All right, so... Mr. Irving, you have the right to think, feel, post, share, whatever you want. Uh, why was it such a big deal? Well, the documentary itself, and I'm not sure, I haven't watched it. I can't tell you. I'm just reading reports of stuff. I'm not sure if Kyrie watched it, to be honest, but he posted it with no caption, no comment, no context. So it wasn't like saying, hey, we need to not listen to this. So you can take it as an endorsement saying, hey, we're going to put this out there. Uh, he since commented and said, you know, he doesn't agree with it. It wasn't his intent to hurt people. He didn't make the documentary. So it comes to stand like you promote music, if you promote something that has a message that doesn't like, or, or you have, you know, somebody put a racist lyric in an old song in the 50s, do we cancel their legacy now because things have changed? Um, it's tough. When you look at the fact that Nike and everybody has these powers, so what are the sentiments? People are sitting here uh, in response, people to the Kanye backlash, the Kyrie Irving, they're still saying, see, 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 Jews control the media. They're able to go and swing this power and do this. So what is actually happening? Are they protecting the interest of something that we've been taught to always prevent this anti-Semitism? Is it something that we can come together as a group and take action against, you know, um, has it happened before? Well, you have like Roseanne Barr going and saying things about, uh, this person, that person looks like a monkey. Um, ABC at the time had black woman in power and Roseanne Barr was cut or canceled. So to go and say that you're kind of stuck on these strings. No, it's you're you're being held accountable for the things that you say. And at the end of the day, if you know, maybe you should have just apologized and kept it moving. Maybe some people are saying, well, they shouldn't have the power to say that you need to apologize for your views and things that you say. Look, a lot of people look at these people as heroes. So is it a little bit crazy that somebody has the power to end your career? Well, I mean, I guess you should watch what you say at the end of the day. Um, we go and we look at all these things. This reminds me of a book, The Valley of Dry Bones, The Conditions That 
face black people in America today. So the reason I'm bringing this up is this book is about conditions that black people face. And it's amazing because this was, I think, written in 88 and uh, maybe maybe earlier than then. Uh, I will actually fact check that. I'm real big on not Googling things on this, but let me see when the Valley of Dry Bones came out. Uh, it's bringing up the, uh, yeah, this is why I didn't want to get into this. Anyway, book came out a long time ago and we're still facing a lot of the same problems. So rather than say, oh, it's messed up that Jews control the media and that they're able to cancel this, why not say, all right, well, what can we do to put things in power to protect the best interests of our people? You know, they mentioned things in Valley of Dry Bones, like you always have a Chinatown and the price of tomatoes is cheaper in Chinatown. Why? Because all of the vendors get together, bulk their order, get a lower wholesale cost, and then pass that on to the consumer. There's nothing stopping having a, you know, a black chamber of commerce or, or saying things. Now, it's touchy when you go and you say this, and if somebody clips this area, it could absolutely sound like I'm a separatist. It could absolutely sound like I'm a, I, uh, well, actually, I don't know if you could spin it, and you could spin anything, but people could say I'm a black supremacist. Absolutely not the case. But when you go and you see things that other communities are doing, passing dollars between themselves, educating themselves financially, uh, just having somebody in your family that's financially literate that can go and tell you what to do with generational wealth and not be in a position where you you can't trust anybody and you don't know what to do. You know, this is a, a real problem. Shout out to the guys. They were bringing it up on uh, Flagrant 2 or Flagrant, it's called now, Schultz and Akash. Shout out to those guys. But they brought up a, a really good point about that. So what do we do? Do we get angry at I don't know. I guess everything is taking sides, but I just go back to, and I have it on record, and I said it with Kanye, it's really just a matter of protecting and letting our children know why this sort of rhetoric is dangerous, what it has led to, what it could lead to. But I am putting a staple in that. I've beat the dead horse way too many times on it. Uh, so we've talked about billionaire flexes. We've gone over uh, the buyout whether or not it's better to improve on an old system or create your own. I mean, if you think about it, Snapchat created its own system and Snapchat still exists, but you've got Reels, you've got TikTok, you've got, uh, you know, TikTok is structured a little different, but that whole portrait style video, that's the wave. That's what Reels is stealing. That's in Instagram. If you don't think that Instagram is favoring towards Reels, go and post something and post the similar message through your Reels. Um, I've had posts that have gotten two likes. I've posted a Reel of something similar and people have come up to me in the street saying, hey, I saw you doing that. I saw you doing this. Their algorithm is absolutely favoring towards Reels. So, you know, Facebook meta didn't go and say, okay, well, we're going to create this portrait format. They said, man, everybody's on this Snapchat thing. So let's go ahead and buy those up and let's go from there. Um, as a creative, I'll go on record saying this. I don't think anything is original. I think every creative thing, even if you sat there, drew it yourself, didn't look at anything, 
you've referenced something, your brain has saw something, so you know what a giraffe looks like, so you're able to draw it, and somebody else's brain did something similar. So, you know, the the difference is that you have the connection, you have the ability to put it out there and see all the other iterations that other people did. You're not tied behind telegrams and things like this. Uh, Brilliant Idiots podcast, he brought up something I thought was really interesting, but they said, um, oh, completely drew a blank. I'm not even going to edit that out. I'm not even going to edit that out. I'm human. Things happen. I do have uh, show notes, but I try not to stick completely to them. This is not a monologue kind of go. And if there's a topic I want to dive a little bit better on, I'll kind of go into that. But just want to kind of put some notes out there for the future for people who may have been laid off from Facebook. Uh, this feels a whole lot like 2008, where you have a lot of major companies. I mean, prior to 2008, layoffs were not a common thing. They were not a common thing. So since then, a lot of people have fallen back. And being a creative entrepreneur, I've helped a ton of people create logos. I still create logos on a regular basis for people starting businesses or rebranding their business that exists. And you see a big uptick of it. Whenever there's a recession announced right around 2008, I started the business and had a plenty of, of opportunity. So if you are getting laid off, if you haven't been laid off before, if you've never lost a job and you're working at Meta, I just want to tell you the future is yours. You still have your talents. You learned some great things. Think of it like a relationship. Don't hate your ex. Be thankful for the time that you had, the person that you grew through them. So don't be mad at your company. Move on. You really can't lose. You've got uh, what everybody understands is a layoff. So it's not like you were fired from your job. You'll have a gap on your resume. If you stay in tech, there's other tech companies that may not be hiring right now, but you also have the ability to start your own software and say something like former Facebook developer create software. Uh, the, the world's really yours. So best of luck to you. It's a great time for entrepreneurialism. And if it wasn't post-COVID or pre-COVID, it definitely is post-COVID. There is a ton of opportunity. There's distribution. There's Cash App, Venmo, Zelle. I mean, when I started business in 2009, it was hard to get money to you. And it's not great to wait for a paper check, wait for your bank to clear it, and not be in a position that you have to pay the instant money and pay the fee in order to have your own money. Having a, a great cash flow and being able to accept payments through Cash App, even though PayPal was a thing, for some reason, people are just used to using the Cash App. I don't know if it's the big green thing. Um, and no, I'm not sponsored by Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, Twitter, Instagram, any of these things that I shouted out. Uh, I'm still growing. No sponsorships just yet. Um, I can tell you, as a note to myself, I do want to go deeper. Um, I had thought of making the podcast less frequent because you just run into, okay, here's what happened throughout the week. Here's some notes. Here's how I want to pull this. And I am uh, going out on a limb. I knew I would do this with the concept of the show and finding things and focusing on failures. It's worked out for over a month so far. 
if you've been listening in every way, uh, every episode so far, shout out to you, man. You're my power users, and I'm going to work my best to uh, create this show, something that you want to tune into every week. Uh, my goal is to not post a show late, but you know what? Sometimes it happens. I'm currently recording this on the drop date, so a little bit late this week, but hey, we're going to have this grow into something. I'm continuing to have a ton of fun. Uh, you have to realize I'm sitting here in my basement alone, talking to a microphone, speaking to notes, but I have to visualize that there's people out there listening. I don't get any sort of instant feedback, but whether it's a week or two later, I do see your comments and I do see people commenting on uh, an episode that was in the past. So big shout out to everybody that is engaging, letting me know you're out there, letting me know you're listening, commenting, keeping the conversation going in the comments on YouTube. Uh, thank you very much. I want to shoot this out to my future self. I will have 25,000 followers in 2024. I want to tell myself that this wasn't a dumb idea. People do appreciate the work that I put in. So if we're a little bit late, if we're on time, if the consistency is there, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Keep going, Tony. And know that this is out there. It's recorded forever. I'm a human. I'm growing. My views may change. But just know I spoke true to myself at the time of the recording, and I always will. And people who know me, I'm not the sort of person that won't come on the mic and apologize and say I was wrong about something or I didn't feel it. For the most part, I don't get into polarizing political stuff, but you know, you already know that by listening in. My goal is not to offend anybody. My goal is just to lose, to fail, and to learn from it. All right. This is I Will Not Lose Podcast, stories of success learned from failure. To support the show, visit the new website at shows.acast.com slash I Will Not Lose. No space, no hyphens. That's shows.acast.com slash I Will Not Lose. There's a link there you can subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can share this episode link. You can leave a comment. You can embed this podcast into your website. Whatever you want to do, your contribution is appreciated. Thank you for listening.